I'm split on whether or not this is like even something to talk about. Like <laughs> the guy looks, was at the beach. I just love that it makes like the, like it, anybody at the beach. But again, it, that's the president. You don't usually see the president with no shirt it's on. It's so. F- Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. 11 minutes after 6 on this Tuesday morning. Can I employ your assistance here, Eric? Sure. And uh, Greg Pancake Hill, producer of the program, I'm going to need you as well. So I've been bestowed the honor of throwing out the first pitch tomorrow night at the Lakeshore Chinooks game. Hey, there you go. Chinooks are playing the Mallards right. of Madison, Northwoods League Baseball. The Chinooks play, it's either on campus or like right off campus at Concordia. Yeah, it's a nice facility over there. Yes, uh, Moonlight Graham Field. What is Moonlight the, uh, Graham the occasion? At Ketco Park. Is, is it just because oh, you're... they just have people from... Because <laughs> like, it's just you? They got down to the bottom of the list and I'm the last guy left. <laughs> <laughs> Who do we got next? Uh, Vetrano, I guess? I don't know. The, the Cousins mascot wasn't available or whatever. <laughs> Whoever sponsors them I out understand. there. I mean, the fish can only throw it out so many times, right, right? I get that, yeah. So it occurs to me it's been like a minute even since I've tossed the ball around. I haven't played. Oh, yeah. Well, you should should pick one up. Yeah, Probably. Did you? Br- I asked Pancake if he would bring his glove today. I got two gloves and a ball in my car right I now. I have a wow, glove. Well done. Like I, I've played, base- I've played just, sports. I was just making sure. Now, do you wear a glove when you go out there? I don't think typically you do for first pitch. See, I don't think you should hold the glove. glove then. I think you should, shouldn't practice with it. Well, he's got to throw the ball back to me if we warm it up this morning. Okay. This is just functional. I just got to get the arm back in, you know, get that groove down. Uh, I see. I see. But then on top of it, now I have to take the rubber, right? You got to tow it up. If you yes. go, yeah, you might as well run to the yes. mound, right? Because sometimes for first pitch, folks will go out in front of the mound, a little shorter throw. You're not up on a mound. Don't or whatever, they usually but, suggest that? Don't they say, like, ah, you don't have to go on the mound? But you can't, right? I mean, I mean if you I mean, do, you what are they going to do? They're not going to yell. It would at be you. frowned upon, though. It'd be frowned upon if, if I went and took a shorter throw. Yeah, well, I agree. I mean, it'd be cooler if you went up there, yeah. Okay, so I have to do that. Challenge mm-hmm. accepted. And you should, like, carve something in the back of the mound, leave leave a Just symbol. really toe it. Really, <laughs> really get my foothold in, there, in yeah. work the rubber a little yeah, bit. put some spikes on. Why not? <laughs> Come on. Have Rule, the umpire check your hands. Right. Nothing here, right? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Rule of thumb, too, is if I hit the backstop, fine. You just can't bounce it. Can't be short. <laughs> if you hit the backstop. <laughs> I don't know if that's better. If I, if I, if I club the Chinook, thunk, like in Bull hit Durham. The bowl or hit the bull. That's right. Throw the next one at the bull. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I would say yes. If you overthrow, that's better than rolling one in. Absolutely. Although the target really should be. Really, the pressure is on the catcher in that situation. We should ask Counts about this today. We have, mm-hmm. Do we have Craig Counsel this morning? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Brewers 360, that'll be 745. Get some tips from him. Because he's caught first pitches before, too. It's a little bit on the catcher to elevate your guy. And who you know? wants to be that guy? Oh, right. Oh, I got to catch this schmo. Guy spikes one in the dirt. <laughs> you take it to the eye or whatever. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't want to do that to any of these guys. So 635 is the first pitch tomorrow at Capco Field for the Lakeshore Chinooks. Well, yeah, that's the actual game time first pitch. I suppose mine will be shortly before that. <laughs> if you'd like to come out and see us, we'll get some tips from come Counts. Come on out, folks. Coming up at 745. Sports is coming up next on Wisconsin's Morning News. 
time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Eric Bilstad and Vince Vetrano. Here we are, Brandon off today. The Brewers on a four-game skid. They go again tonight against the Nationals in Washington. Lost 5-3 to three to the Nats last night. Now, despite the loss, manager Craig Council saw continued signs the bats are heating up. You know, we didn't swing the bat poorly tonight. We hit a lot of balls good. That ended up getting caught and ended up being right at guys. You know, so it's three runs wasn't enough, but thought we had a bunch of balls good, too, that didn't get rewarded for them. And not a great time to be in a four-game skid. Major League Baseball trade deadline fast approaching, Eric. That's tonight. That's right. Right, 5 o'clock our time. Mm-hmm. General Manager Matt Arnold says until that time, if he wants to get this team a little bit more help. Now, the Mets are apparently selling their entire team. <laughs> Everybody goes. <laughs> they can't fill the roster. The crew added Mark Cana, outfielder from the Mets. He's batting 245 with six home runs. They give a minor league pitcher in the trade. Meanwhile, the Reds did win again, so they're now a yep. game and a half ahead of the crew in the race for the division. You can call it the MVP of the World Cup match between the Americans and Portugal and the Women's World Cup. No, it wasn't a player. Look out there! A break! A shot! Off the post! That's incredible! A most valuable post! <laughs> a shot by Portugal in extra time hits the post as the game ends in a draw 0-0. Zero, zero. That means the Americans will advance to the knockout round. It was cringeworthy. It was nail-biting. Thank goodness it was at 2 a.m. and no one saw it. Well, there were some fans out there. Uh, So after the game, they will advance now. They're going to play Sunday morning at 4 a.m. No idea yet who they play in the knockout round. There's some controversy. They were seen smiling and dancing and taking pictures with fans after the game, the women's team. And Carly Lloyd, former player on Fox, upset about that. I have never witnessed, and just seeing these images for the first time right now on the desk, I've never witnessed something like that. There's a difference between being respectful of the fans and saying hello to your family, but to be dancing, to be smiling. I mean, the player in the match was that post. You are lucky to not be going home right now. <laughs> they have been sloppy this entire tournament so far. So now they count for real, for real. You're losing, you're out. There's no draws. And that starts Sunday morning. In defense of the team, I suppose you did advance. Yeah, you can so still, right? Are you, you allowed got, to celebrate that? Got the that? job done. Carly Lloyd, does she sound a little old there? Greg <laughs> says she sounded old. Like she's... Whatever, Boomer. <laughs> <laughs> Green Bay Packers practiced at 1030 this morning. Put on the pads for the first time in there camp yesterday. Packers quarterback Jair Alexander. I mean... Kind of a difficult spot for a guy like that. I mean, wants new starting quarterback Jordan Love to look good in practice, but not too good because he's going against him and the defense. I think Jordan's made some pretty good throws. And, uh, you know, no one's going to be perfect. You know, and I mean, he's going up against a good defense and a really good secondary at that. You know, let's also take that into play. So, I mean, we're just getting him better. And at the same time, he's getting us better. I mean, he's going against pretty good defense. Right? Yeah, yeah, we're pretty good. Packers family night coming up already on Saturday at Lambeau Field. Getting it going on a Tuesday morning, Wisconsin's morning news, 622. At 4 o'clock this afternoon, an ideological shift in the state Supreme Court. You have newly elected Justice Janet Protosiewicz due to be sworn in. This will be all the pomp and circumstance, Eric. 
Oh, yeah, for in sure. Capitol Rotunda for the swearing-in mm-hmm. at the state capitol. Always a big deal. Yeah, The court now, and bigger deal this time around, the court shifting from a 4-3 conservative majority to 4-3 liberal in the leanings of its elected justices. The first major shift in the high court since 2008. I talked with TMJ4 News chief political reporter Charles Benson. So there will be a little bit of more of a ceremony about this pivotal moment, uh, certainly for Democrats and liberals to participate in what they see as a significant win and a significant opportunity for uh, some big issues that they think will come before the state Supreme Court. What are those big issues? Biggest one of all, this isn't even on the quiz. It's too easy. Go ahead. (laughs) I don't know which one you're going to say first. Well, the pivotal issue in the last election this spring, of course, was the abortion issue. Sure. And uh, Benson talks about that. That one is already in the pipeline. It's coming up. We know that already in the pipeline is a challenge to the 1849 abortion law ban, and that is working its way and will eventually make its way to the state Supreme Court. So what I think what's going to be uh, interesting for observers is everyone's going to be looking at what is the pace and what will be the early signs of that pace in terms of key issues that they will want to eventually yet in front of the state Supreme Court. TMJ4 News Chief Political Reporter Charles Benson. So Justice Protosiewicz and her supporters did everything they could to tip her hand on that abortion decision, right? It's widely expected that she and the liberal majority would rule that the now existing abortion ban cannot stand. And thus Wisconsin would revert back then right to the abortion laws that existed before last summer, the Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court, mm-hmm. overturned Roe v. Wade. So that issue is already in the pipeline. It's making its way, hasn't yet gotten to the Supreme Court. Correct. But that's the big one that everyone's focused on. But what else? Could a litany of liberal causes now make their way perhaps back to the high court? Could Act 10 be relitigated? Could right to work be relitigated? Because those all went before a conservative majority in the court when they were challenged. Uh, Benson suggests there will be careful observation by those interested parties in how Justice Protosiewicz proceeds in the early going here. You know, we often look at the uh, the controversial ones that, you know, maybe go 4-3 uh, under the current setup. But, you know, there are 5-2 decisions. Sometimes there's unanimous decisions. And I think court observers are going to be watching to see, yes, what does the new justice look like? Uh, What are some of her writings in her opinions? Will there be signs that she will fall in line with the other three uh, liberal justices? And or will she have a sense of her own independence? And how does she show that in some of the writings that might come out in some of these opinions. So remember, conservatives thought they had a solid vote in Justice Brian Hagedorn when he was elected years ago, who more often does vote, more often than not, does vote on the conservative side, but in some major controversial decisions has sided with the liberal bloc as well. So people are going to be watching to see if Justice Protosiewicz is a reliable liberal vote every time, or could she be more like Charles was indicating, more of a swing Based on the campaign, you would expect the former, not the latter, but we'll see. But they run campaigns differently now. It's not always exactly who you are. You have to run to win. And next time conservatives have an opportunity to change the balance of the court will be 2025 when the liberal justice Ann Walsh Bradley is up for re-election. And then hope you like all those campaign ads because barring an early exit from any of the justices, we will have Supreme Court elections in Wisconsin in 25, as I mentioned, 26, 29, and 30.
So we will see a battle for the ideological bent of this court through the end of the decade. NFL Hall of Famer Peyton Manning hanging around Packers camp. What was that about? We got that in sports at 645. The headline in Politico reads this way. The story behind that shirtless Biden photo. (laughs) Yes. And they're not talking about Hunter. (laughs) No, no, right. The president, the commander in chief goes shirtless on the beach. So on Sunday, the Bidens went to a beach in Delaware uh, and the press pool noted that some of the details, this is what always happens, there's a pool involved and there's usually one that's one reporter who is asked to like give details, to, describing everything that they see. And the press pool noted some of the details of what they wore. Bright blue shorts, navy blue shirt, hat, sneakers for the president, white top blue skirt, hat and flip-flops for the first lady, but they didn't notice anything else. Oh, they put their beach chairs down, yada, yada. They had a little bit of time on the beach by themselves, meaning like they kind of cleared that little section for them okay. with Secret Service. So when the photos of the shirtless president on the beach started to light up the internet, it came as something as a surprise. It just so happened that a few other journalists were on the beach that day. A guy for the messenger was spending the afternoon with his family and heard that the Bidens were going to be there. So he walked over and, hey, there he is with no shirt on. TMZ also captured it. Now you've seen the pictures. The shirtless Biden. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I mean- I'm split on whether or not this is like even something to talk about. Like <laughs> the guy looks, was at the beach. I just love that it makes like the, like it, anybody at the beach. But again, it, that's the president. You don't usually see the president with no shirt. It's on. so funny though, is that he does look just like anybody at the beach. He's like moseying around. He's like looking at his phone with a hat on and no shirt on. Just some guy sitting around. in his chair. There he has <laughs> yeah. a little lawn chair out there, yeah. beach chair. But but Greg made the the best, uh, most outstanding observation. He looks like the guy who's stealing peaches from John Mercure. <laughs> I guess Mercure yeah. has video or pictures of this guy who's been stealing <laughs> peaches from his tree, and it's a shirtless guy wearing blue shorts. This is, looks like the president. Okay, yeah, I got it. I so got now it. we no, know. Now we know who's stealing the peaches at the Mercure estate. <laughs> Do we though? Six thirty-eight on Wisconsin's morning news. At 642, uh, did you do your employee training? I still have some I need to do. That's like due today or tomorrow. What do you mean it's due today? Like you you have people who work for larger companies. You probably have this at your work where every now and then you're you're due for click here and take the 10-minute video on not downloading bad stuff on your computer. You may be behind in a couple of those Not getting caught in the phishing scandals. Yeah. Right. Mine's, I'm up to date. Oh, good for you. Good. Well, take, and none too soon. Take those very seriously because the U.S. military dealing with a lot of this right now. American military intelligence and national security officials hunting for a malicious computer code that they believe China has hidden deep inside the networks that control power grids, communication systems, water supplies that feed military bases in the U.S. They believe that this malware could was likely put in by Chinese hackers and would be used before a conflict were to begin. They decide to uh, begin an invasion. They flip a switch, a cyber switch, and all of the lights and all of the critical infrastructure in bases like Guam and Okinawa and mainland Japan and South Korea, all of the lights go out, the electricity goes out, the communication goes out, all of the things like water go out. And you have essentially grounded all of the U.S. aircraft. You have uh, kept uh, any communications with ships at sea, uh, at bay, uh, and you're certainly not going to move uh, soldiers around. Yeah, so if something was going to happen, say, with China and Taiwan, they use their malware and pew, everything goes down. 
and then all of a sudden they can do what they want. Meanwhile, the U.S. would be scrambling. That was Colonel Steve Ganyard, who works for ABC. So have we fixed this? They are now going through it. They understand that there's an issue. The fact that they have found the code or discovered it helps. Good start. But it's a major concern. The ability to be able to have sort of a blitzkrieg, a, a lightning attack, and have the U.S. be completely in the dark for days is very, very scary. Yeah. So oh, no, thank you. They are scrambling to make sure that something like that would not happen again. They, they, their biggest concern would be like China invading Taiwan or some type of conflict, and this happening right before that. And we can't communicate with our mm-hmm. ships. We can't launch right. aircraft. We right. can't do anything. You're just dis- disabled because we're so reliant. And that's why companies like ours <sighs> and a million others make us watch those videos because it is so important not to bring that malware into your network. You better get up to speed over there. Six forty-four. Sports up next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Eric Bilstad and Vince Vetrano. Gruber's General Manager Matt Arnold has until 5 o'clock tonight. Major League Baseball trade deadline if he wants to add any more talent to this year's club. Mets are selling off their entire team. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Everybody goes. Anybody else you want? Crew added Mark Kana from the Mets. Outfielder batting 245 with six home runs. Gave up a minor league pitcher in that trade. We lost to the Nationals 5-3 to last night. And lost more ground to the Reds, who are now a game and a half up in the division. Brewers and Nats again tonight with a 6.05 first pitch. The U.S. women's team in the World Cup... Struggle, but they are in the knockout rounds. They tied. It was a draw against Portugal overnight. 0-0. Zero, zero. So advancing, though. They advance, but <laughs> yes. oh, it has not been a good run so far. Packers practice at 10.30 this morning in training camp. Put on the pads for the first time at camp yesterday. Excitement around camp, though, was really the presence of all-time great and Hall of Famer quarterback Peyton Manning, who spent some time observing. Wide receiver Christian Watson wanted to get in on that. Uh, I thought it was huge. I, I didn't even see him at first. I came back from running the play, and I saw him back there. Uh, and I was like, I got I to gotta go say what's up to him. Yeah, a lot of people said what's up to him. Uh, Manning apparently trolling around to see if there's maybe something that he can do. He does this production company, right? And they make, uh, yeah. he's looking to enter into a project with the Packers. Don't know much more about it than that. Packers family night coming up Saturday at Lambeau Field. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Greg Matzik. Jordan Love had his best training camp practice ever on Saturday. Well, that's what Twitter told me via a collection of tweets from trusted beat writers who cover the team on an everyday basis. Word of Love's day traveled around Woyak Park in Plover, Wisconsin, where I was watching my nephew's baseball tournament. The wow throw in training camp is something onlookers have been waiting to see since Love was drafted in 2020. As Packers fans in Plover shared the news of Love's day, my first thought was, great, I'll do it again. I can't think of a single expert who doesn't believe Love has the ability to be a great quarterback in the NFL. He has the size. He has the arm. He's calm under pressure. And he also has elusiveness. Coaches desire what Love has. There's a reason the Packers traded up to draft him in the first round after all. What Love does not have is regular season experience and stacked success in camp. While I appreciate the excitement over a 30-yard dime dropped in live action during a camp practice, I'm more interested in what Love does the day after his best day, and then the day after that. Racing day is racing day. Racing day is racing day. It's not doily racing day. Today's the day we Milwaukee hosts multiple triathlon events this weekend. Running, swimming, biking will be the center of this competitive world. Men and women, boys and girls, pros and amateurs. So if they're doing this, Lori Nichols joins us, right, from the Journal Sentinel. Lori, if they're going to have this many people 
in right. the city, in and around. I assume that, I mean, that's, are we, are we talking road closures or are we talking beach closures? How, how do you cram all these people in here? Yeah, they're expecting 20,000 spectators for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and there's going to be 7,000 athletes. So there's road closures in Milwaukee, Cudahy, and St. Francis. The people who live and work and have businesses down in that area have already been notified for months now. They know about it um, through mail and stuff like that. But if you are driving around at 7 a.m. on any of those mornings, uh, particularly Saturday and Sunday, um, that's when you might see a couple of road closures. But there's always, like, alternative routes and stuff. As far as beaches, you're, that, that part's fine. The swim part is by Discovery World, and nobody really swims there anyway unless uh, you're, um, you have a permit and with this race, yeah. Talking with Lori Nickel, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. We've got, so it's multiple triathlon events, right, Lori? These are separate events? Yeah, that's what makes all of this unique. So for years now, Milwaukee has played host to the age group nationals. That means the amateur athletes, people who are still teachers and firefighters and, you know, workers and stuff, people who do this on the side and and they compete for the podium in your age group, like 25 to 29-year-old age group, 30 to 34, that sort of thing. What's new this year is the professionals are also coming to Milwaukee, and that's a pretty big deal. If you think of all the places that they could race, California, Florida, you know, Boston, the East Coast, the fact that Milwaukee is having not only the age group nationals for triathlon, but the professionals, that's huge. These are Olympic-level caliber athletes. Um, they get paid for this. It's a field of you know, really some of the best athletes in the entire world in any sport, and they're coming to this. And that's the first time that's ever happened. So that's why it's a big draw this weekend. Why is it coming to Milwaukee? Is that the organization? Is it the location? Why why Brew City? Milwaukee did such a good job hosting in the past that the amateurs kept coming back. It's supposed to rotate throughout the country But it's been in Milwaukee at least a handful of years now. And Milwaukee developed a really good reputation for running a great race, having a lot of staff, and um, having a ton of volunteers. But what's also unique here is it's August, and everywhere else it's hotter than heck. But, you know, Vince (laughs) just read read the weather, and it's going to be in the 70s, the high 70s here. We have this beautiful lakefront. Um, This is also a really spectator-friendly event if you want to go check it out you can see all three sports happening at once you anybody can at least see if you wanted to watch it for an hour you'll be able to see everything and that's what's unique it's not really spread out it's not hard to get to so we have natural beauty it's spectator friendly and it's a great course for the athletes themselves for these pros that you talked about people get paid to do this like you can make a living doing stuff like this? I mean, like, we think of pro athletes as being baseball players, football players, you know, NFL, MLB, things like that. Can you make a, a solid living doing stuff like this? The person who tops the podium this weekend will make $100,000. Second place is $50,000. The bronze winner will be $35,000. So, you know, but this is a small field. Again, this is like 20, 25, 30 professional athletes. So, yes, they can between their sponsorships and all that, they are trying to get this sport going. The PTO, which is what it's called, Professional Triathletes Organization, is only about two years old, and it is trying to develop this professional 
career opportunity for athletes because obviously it's an Olympic sport and um, they're growing it and developing it. They're trying to get um, TV, you know, coverage, streaming coverage and that, and that will help grow the sport. So I don't know if you can, you know, it's nothing compared to the pro sports, what we're used to and the multi-million dollar contracts, but it is something. Yes. All right, Lori, in your opinion, what's the hardest part of a triathlon? No doubt the swim. Yep. Um, even for the pros, you know, it's funny. We were talking about Milwaukee. There's a couple of local athletes. Jackie Herring from Cedar Grove is um, from here. Her and her husband keep a boat at McKinley Marina. And we were talking about the water. And she's like, you know what? No matter where I go, I just try not to drink the water. Just keep your mouth closed <laughs> and swim hard. And that's you're breathing so hard, you know, it's really hard to do. But that water down there, depending on the weather and the rain and the, the flowage and everything. And the other swimmers. A little sk- yeah, and well, and that's the other thing, too. I, a lot of my friends are just talking about races last weekend and how they got kicked around and punched around because of the crazy diet. The professionals don't do that. Um, but the swim is always, it changes. It can literally change from one wave, you know, at 7 a.m. to the next wave at 7, 10 a.m., meaning the different waves of athletes who go through there. So the swim is always the first thing I ask about because it's just, and it's something that a lot of us can't really relate to racing wise. We know what it's like to get on a bike or to go for a run maybe, but um, the swim is always unique. And, but again, Milwaukee is protected. It's got that breakwater. um, So the, you know, we won't get the huge chop or the big swells that we usually get at Lake Michigan, but there's so many other factors. It's a tough discipline you have the other athletes, you have to maneuver, and then what's the water quality? Milwaukee in the spotlight this weekend. Two-time Sports Writer of the Year, Lori Nickel with us this morning. Thanks, Lori. Thank you so much, guys. See you later.